that is above every other name, the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here this morning and even to, uh, to have a chance of sharing the word of God this morning. I want to appreciate uh, our lead pastor, Pastor Caleb, Pastor Rick, who has also been my mentor uh, through uh, my seminary uh, life. Uh, there are other pastors in this church, Pastor John, Pastor uh, Danny, and the whole leadership of uh, this church. This church has been a great blessing to me and my family. It has been our church family since the year two, uh, 2012. We had uh, just moved back to Arizona. And uh, uh, we were looking for a church where uh, the true gospel is ministered. And we found ourselves here. It was just a, a trial. And it happened that on that day, we found Pastor Rick teaching uh, on the Holy Spirit. And we said, that this is the right place. Since then, we have never left. Perhaps if you also don't have a church family or a church which you call your family, you might need to try it. You might end up being here like me and my family. This church has been a great blessing to me, so I want to appreciate DSBC. May God bless you. You have uh, been of great help to us, and uh, you have also invested a lot in uh, me and also in my family. I also want to appreciate the friends, my friends who uh, came or who are in our midst uh, and they came to witness the ordination. It's not something which was to happen for me, but it is only, uh, it is for the body of Christ. So anything that I do after that or under that anointing and under that ordination is for the glory of God. So God bless you, the Kenyan community in Arizona who uh, are here in person. God bless you and thank you for coming to witness that ordination. And even for the ones who are joining in line, God bless you. God bless you all. I know we have pastors, uh, we have church leaders uh, who are with us for the first time. They came to witness uh, this ordination. God bless you so much. Now, uh, at the DSBC, if you're joining us for the first time today, whether online or in person, and uh, this is the first time that you're joining us, uh, in this church, we are going through a six-session series and today we are in the fourth, uh, the fourth session, and what we are going through is a teaching on grace in the time of the outrage. This is something that we are all witness of, that we are living at a time when there is a lot of outrage in the community, in the society, wherever we turn to, there is a lot of outrage. It's so evident when you turn the TV on, and especially around this time when we are remaining with just a few days to election, and people are reclining and clinging to their political uh, uh, affiliation. And uh, when one speaks, the other one doesn't want to hear the opinions of the other person, and there is a lot of outrage. It is not only in politics and in the news and the media. We can also see in our personal accounts like the social medias, you can see outrage even in the social media, Facebook. Somebody sends something and you can see the outburst in the people who are replying. And sometimes it is even moving even into
to our families that when we gather, we just celebrated some holidays and we are heading to Thanksgiving and Christmas. And sometimes you sit at the table just when you are enjoying your meal, there comes a funny uncle or a funny family member. He buys something and the food is never sweet anymore. Outrage, outrage, outrage. But in the midst of this outrage, God moved the leadership of this church to prepare us as the followers of Jesus and to remind us that in the midst of even the outrage and the time that we are living when there is a lot that is going on, that we should not forget that we have a calling that God called us. And when he called us, we became the followers of Jesus Christ. And when we are followers of Jesus Christ, even in the time of outrage, we have a certain position. And it's sometimes we get carried away when we mix with other people because we are human beings and we are in this world. It is so easy to find ourselves carried away in the debates, in the talks, and even in the outrage. And the result of it makes us to forget who we are in the community, in the society, and what is our calling. Thanks God, DSBC found that we can try or we can remind ourselves as followers of Christ that there is grace even in the time of outrage. And uh, the whole teaching, we are finding it, those six sessions are all coming from First Peter and chapter 2. And there are uh, about six postures that uh, we came up with. And we are saying in the times of midst, I mean of the outrage, we can remind ourselves that as followers of Christ, we are these six postures. And then the leadership also found that it is not good to put it just as wholesome where we are talking about ourselves as the followers of Christ or as a church. But then we should put it in a very individual way for relationship with Christ. And even the hope of eternal life that we have, it will go to a point or at a time when we go to individual life or individual relationship with Christ. So that when we are looking at these postures now, we are not just looking at posing as a whole, just as a church in wholesome, but as individuals. So we are pointing the six of them to personal kind of reflection and we are saying I am and then you go to the six postures at the back on the tables there we have some small cards which are having the six postures and if you have not received one or it is your first day to come in person here you can take one of them and in the midst of the outrage you can put it in your vehicle or you put it at your fridge or somewhere and it will be reminding you of who we are this is what we are saying in the midst of the outrage and the time that I'm living, I am a peace bringer. So when there is all that outrage, who am I? I am a peace bringer. I am a kingdom ambassador. In that outrage, I am an ambassador of the kingdom of God. And I am a, uh, a name bearer of Jesus Christ. So what do I do in the midst or in the, in the midst of the outrage when I bear the name of Christ? I am a light shining into the darkness. I am a sheep of the, uh, of the good shepherd. And lastly, in the sixth session, 
person, it will be that I am a foreigner in a strange land. So it happens that today we are in session four, and the session four is where we are saying, I am a light shining into the darkness. What comes into your mind for the first time when you hear, I am a light shining into the darkness? What is coming to your mind? Let me say it again, and this time I will request that you join me in putting it to yourself and making it apply to yourself by tapping your chest and saying, I am a light shining in the darkness. Can you please join me and do that? Say, I am a light shining into the darkness. Thank you so much. God bless you so much. When I first saw this and I was asked that I should prepare to talk about I am a light in the darkness. The first thing that came to me was how when something that happened to me when I was a child. I happened to be born in a country called Kenya. I was brought up in that land and I came here when I'm a grown up. And the childhood during my time it was a child which was spent in a very funny way. At that time of my childhood, we did not have the digital gadgets that we have today for the kids to be on them, tapping, swiping all the time. So we spent our childhood in that time moving around, playing certain balls. We could not even sometimes have the ones from the shop, but we had a way of improvising the plastic paper bags, make them look something round. It became a ball and we could play with it. And then at night, sometimes if we lived in places where there was no electricity, staying in the house was no fun. And at that time, we didn't even have the TVs. They came later when I was a teenager. But when I was a, a young one, I did not have a privilege of having a TV in the house. So sometimes in the, uh, during the night, we could go out and there were no security lights. So you go out, it is so dark. But thanks God for the seasons when there was full moon. Because when we went out, there was light. And I can remember very well that there are sometimes we could go out. I happened to grow, in a, to grow up in a family which was also extended. So I had my cousins, my brother, and some other people. And we could go out and gaze at the darkness and at the sky. And you could see that beautiful galaxy. And I remember in childhood trying to count them. And then having a competition with my cousins and my brother. And in our Kids understanding, we could point at the stars. I remember us fighting over the stars, saying, that one is mine. No, the big one is mine. Uh, no, that one is mine. And you know, we were kids, that's all. We knew what to do. So we could fight over the stars. And then we could compete in who counts more. So it is one, two, three. And the funny thing, the more we counted, the more we saw others. And we could see the other small ones which we had not seen earlier. So when I saw this, that I am the light in the, uh, into the darkness, it reminded me a star shining in the darkness. And I was trying to figure it out. How can I also be like a star shining in the darkness? And then how do I relate it with the scriptures? And uh, one of, when I was trying to relate it with the scripture, I tried to find out uh, what the Bible says about darkness and about light. And what I realized is that uh, in the Bible, or in the scripture, 
darkness and light are used as symbols to represent different things. And what I found is that in the scripture, darkness has been used as a symbol of sin and the consequences of sin. Contrary to the darkness, the light has been used as a symbol of the presence of God in our lives, forgiveness of sin, the light of the Lord shining and making us to illuminate in the dark world. I remembered something that is so familiar in DSBC because our lead pastor, Pastor Caleb, has all used this diagram for a long time. And God helped some people who are able to put these things together to put it to us and make us understand about darkness and light and about work of God and how darkness came into the world. And this one has been used to explain the Bible from the beginning to the end where we say that the Bible is one big story from creation to restoration. And the first part of it shows when God created in Genesis, the earth was without form, it was empty and void. And then God said, let there be light. At the end of the six days of creation, everything was good. And the first part represents that part of creation. But going to chapter three, man fell into sin. And the fall of man into sin in the scripture shows then the world or the earth which God had formed, cosmos, the world in its uh, harmonious situation was good. But due to the fall of man, sin came in. Due to the sin then, we say the world is full of darkness. We call it dark world. The scripture shows that the world, as the sinful world, it is the world of darkness. But thanks be to God that the fall was not the end of it. But as the gospel begins, Jesus Christ came to restore what was destroyed and messed up by sin. And the Bible says, in the time of redemption, Jesus Christ came. He took upon himself our sins. He took upon himself the punishment and the consequences of sin that was supposed to be on humankind. And the Bible says he died on the cross. And his death on the cross redeems us from sin and the fallen world. We are living at this period in here. And the end of the redemption, Jesus went. He ascended into heaven, but he gave a promise. I will be coming back, and I'm coming to restore. We are looking forward to a time when he's coming to restore the plan of God. And in the restoration, he will take us home. We will be in heaven, a sweet place where there is no outrage, where there is no hatred, where there is no anger, there is no getting tired, a sweet place of living with the Lord. 
But until then, we continue to live in this period. And during this period, we are kind of mixed. The ones who have received or who have accepted Jesus Christ, who have believed in the redemption. And the Bible says we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth and we are saved and we are redeemed from the fall of mankind and we are redeemed from sin by the blood of Jesus and we are waiting to be restored. So Jesus came and he came to redeem us. Today's topic from this Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, it is coming from verse 9. And uh, I would like us to read it. It is on the screen. It says, but you are a chosen race, an royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the Lord, uh, of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In the first, second, and third session of this series, the first part up to the comma has been well explained to us. If this is the first time that you have joined us, whether online or in person, you can log in into DSBC website to catch up with a very good teaching of what God has done to us up to this point. It is explained well that out of the fallen world, God has called us. Once we lived the worldly life, we lived in the darkness, but he chose us, he called us, and we became our chosen race, we became priesthood, holy nation, and we became his possession. I am continuing from after the comma. My understanding of English, which is my third language, so I might mess it, but when I get the comma, then I know that I pause and I continue with the other part of it. So my understanding is Peter pauses after giving us a lot of praise and making us realize the titles and what God has made us to be, then he puts a comma, pause, and then he says, this is the reason, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. I believe when it says, so that, I'm taking it to say that the reason for above is this one here. That we may show, we may proclaim the praises of the one who called us out of the darkness. You remember that diagram? He called us from the darkness, the darkness of sin, the darkness of the sinful nature, the darkness caused by the evil way of living. One of the things I've noted in my study of the scriptures is that God is a loving God. He is a good God. He is a caring God. And even as you listen to the sound of my voice this morning, I want to remind you the same. He loves you so much. 
He cares for you. He is so much concerned. And even with the call and the reminder he is giving to us today, he is doing it because he loves us. And he wants us to have life eternal. He does not want us to make mistakes in our lives, but he wants us to live a life that is worthy of the calling and so that we may live with him forever and ever. So he reminds us that he has called. And what I've realized is God calls people all through, whether in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, we find a lot of God-called people. And one of the things we note, when he calls, he calls for a divine purpose. He calls for a reason. And when he calls, he makes the person he has called to be what he has meant, divinely meant, for that person to be. For example, he called Abraham so that he may make a nation out of it and we get salvation. He called Samuel and he made him to be a prophet. In the New Testament, he called the Virgin Mary to make him to be the mother of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus started his ministry, he called his first disciples. They were fishers of men and fishers and fishing men. And he told them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Dear brothers and sisters, God has called you to be his follower. If he has called you, he will make you to be what he has meant for you to be. So we see God calls and then he makes. Then when Jesus came, uh, he continued to talk about himself. Or at a certain point, he talked about himself, showing what he came to do. And in John chapter 8 and verse 12, he declared it. He said about himself, he said, I am the light in the world. And anyone who follows me, the ones he has called, anyone who follows me, that is you and me. Who, who, we who follow Christ, Jesus said, anyone who follows you will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus came. His light shone in the dark world. When he found the darkness of sin, the sin of hatred, he showed love. He loved the unlovable. There were people at that time called prostitutes and task correctors. They were seen as people who were unlovable. In fact, people could not even eat or associate with them. But Jesus shone his light in them. He invited them or he agreed to sit with them at the table. He ate with them. And when he found distressed people who were sick, Jesus wrote his light in the sicknesses that he caused healing. When he found the hungry, he fed them. Even when he found the dead, Jesus restored life in them. And the Bible says, wherever Jesus went, he was doing good. And now he has called us to be his followers. And when we follow him then, we do not walk in the ways of darkness, but we walk in his ways. We walk in the ways of Christ. We are his followers. We represent him. Paul says, it is no longer I who lives, but it is Christ 
It is the light who lives in me. So it is no longer I. It is Christ. So wherever I go, it is not me who will be seen. But the Christ who lives in me is the one who will be seen. So the light of the Christ in me should shine wherever I go because it is Christ who lives in me. Do you remember Paul telling the Corinthians that when a person is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. In Ephesians chapter 2, he tells the Ephesians, once you were not a people, once you lived just like those sinners, but now in Christ, I like the verse where he says, but Christ who is full of mercies, he has made us, and I also before uh, in one of the earlier sessions, we see Peter saying, once you are not a people, but now you are a chosen generation. So there is a change since we start following Christ. So when Paul says, I am dead now, thanks God when we are doing uh, our baptism in this church, everybody being baptized wears a t-shirt written, death, burial, and the resurrection. This is what happens when Christ comes in the life of a person. And we take a step to do a declaration in public that though I was dead in sin, I am taking a step of faith to allow my sinful nature to die. And so we go in a pod which is right here. And when we go in the water, we take a step of saying, I declare my sinful nature dead. And as we are emerged in the water, we say we are barring it. And as we come out of the water, we are resurrected together with Christ. And though I am the person who was living in darkness, I am no longer that person now. For I have died, my sinful nature. It has been buried and it has resurrected with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So Christ, if we follow him, we no longer walk in the darkness, but we will walk in the light of the Lord because it is the light who lives in us. Praise be to God. Hallelujah, light of the Lord. Praise be to God. So, Jesus knew that he was not to live for long. And it was destined for him to come and die on the cross so that he may redeem us. And when he called his disciples, he was preparing them to continue with his mission once he is gone. And in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14 to 17, Jesus told his disciples, Jesus told his followers, you are the light of the world, not followers of Christ. It's Christ now in you. So you, even me who is the light, 
I'm trying to put it, it is like, I am the light, he said in the earlier verse. So now when I'm gone, he says, you are the light. So when you're the follower of Christ, you are the light of the world. Then he says, a city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. Followers of Christ this morning, you are a city on a hill. So long as you have declared that you are a follower of Christ, you are a city on a hill. You cannot be hidden. You know, a city on a hill at night and there is light, it cannot be hidden. Because you said you are a Jesus follower, you cannot be hidden. And we should actually not hide the light ourselves. In the midst of whatever range that is there in the world today, you are like a city in a hill. At that working place, around that table where there comes outrage, around those people who have got the current outrage, you have the light of Christ. You can shine the light of Christ which cannot be hidden. And he continues, he continued even to make it look more contemporary to that time, bringing it to current life of his time. And he brought something that they could literally identify with. So he said, no one lights a lamp. It is something they were familiar to. No one uh, lights a lamp. And he puts it under the basket or covers it or conceals it. When you put, turn on the light, he says that you put it on a stand so that the light will shine to all. Dear brothers, and sisters in Jesus Christ. We cannot continue concealing our light. We cannot cover our Christ. And the call today is that for us to remember that as followers of Christ, we have the light in us. We can shine it even in the midst of the outrage. We can shine to the world we can make the love of Christ be known when there is all kinds of whatever might be making people to say the world is full of darkness, the world is not good. Then we can shine the light of Christ in the midst of all that is happening. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. And... Uh, they will see our good deeds. Some might be unlovable and be blaming us. But let the light be seen so that they may, we, they may praise the Lord. I want to conclude because time fails us to go beyond that point. But I want to conclude with Philippians chapter 2. And you know what happens about Philippians chapter 2? In the midst of me thinking about my childhood... And how we could go out and see the stars in the sky. I looked at the Bible. And there I found something I can, I can identify with. It was like it is in the darkness and all of a sudden, boom, there is a story in the Bible. Which is identifying with my story. And the story is talking about stars shining in the sky. And I saw Paul is telling the Philippians. He was with them. He started the church. Then he went to other places. Later he found himself in prison in Rome because of preaching the good news. 
And when he was right there in the prison, he writes to the church he had left in Philippi. And he tells them, therefore, my dear friends, just as you obeyed in my presence, I'm trying to put it in my own, in a, in a proper, easiest way to understand. When I was with you, you obeyed. But just as you obeyed in my presence, now, much more in my absence, work for your salvation with fear and trembling. Dear brethren, if this applies to us today, we will take the first part of it and say, as we portray Christ when we are together as followers of Christ, let us do it even more when we are not within the church, when we are not within the presence of our pastors, when we are not together with the other believers, but even in the absence of the ones who know us as Christians, even in the absence of our pastors, our mentors, and people that we respect, let us work for our salvation with fear and trembling. And I found Paul saying, so that we may be found in this crooked, in this generation, in a generation where there is a lot of complaint, in a generation where there is hatred, in a generation where there is evil, in a generation where it may be termed that a lot of evils are happening today. Even in the midst of that, Paul concludes by telling the Philippians that in that generation, you shine. This is the part I liked because I remembered counting the stars. You shine in that crooked or in quotes, in that evil generation, you will shine like stars in the world. And uh, some translation, they are saying you shine like a star in the darkness. Do you remember the call for today's message? It is I am a light into the darkness. Look here, like a star. Remember, a star cannot be seen in the light. It is in the darkness that stars are seen. It is in the darkness that the stars shine. Dear brothers and sisters, as we come to the end of today's sermon or meeting, remember this. It is not by mystic that you are where you are. You might say you don't know where I am. You don't know the people that I work with. You don't know my family members. I might not be knowing, but there is something I know. God placed you there with a purpose. He placed you there so that you can shine, so that you can illuminate, so that his light, the light of Christ, be seen in you in the name of Jesus Christ. How will this light be seen? It will not just be with our words of telling people, when you see me, know that I am a Christian. You see, I am a follower of Christ. This is not the only way. It will be through our words and through our deeds. Dear brothers and sisters, may you leave the service today knowing that this is the call that the Lord has given to you. And this is a reminder Wherever you will be, wherever you will go, 
Be the light. Let the light of Christ shine in you. You remember the Sunday school songs we used to sing? And one of them was something to do with this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Yes, you might be in our midst and you're saying, I don't think I am that spiritual. I might not be, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a leader, I don't have a title. But I want to say, just by believing in Jesus Christ, there is that light which is in you. It might seem too little, but somebody said, even one candle in the darkness makes a great difference. And the little light that you have, you better make it shine, 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 and Christ will shine in the whole world. May I also finish by saying, when I went out and I, we saw the stars, the only ones we had seen were the big ones. But when we paid more attention, there were also other stars. And at long last, they were uncountable. Perhaps when I, I'm speaking, you are saying, Pastor Caleb is the star. Pastor Rick is the star. Yes, Pastor Denny, oh, those are the stars. Let me tell you, the star is not one. As time goes by, we realize more and more and more stars. All who have Christ, they are stars which sh should shine in the sky. May God bless you. May God do you good. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, may he help you to make his light shine wherever you go, wherever you will be. This week, on that when we are voting, and even when the results will be announced, I say, yeah, even when the results will be announced, may the light of Christ shine. And between now and that, we will find people with political affiliation and uh, suggestions which are different from us. If there is outrage around us, may the light of Christ raise. For we are not people of the darkness, but we'll make the love of Christ be seen. Even to the people who have different opinions than us. And sometimes keeping quiet is better than speaking. For in many words, there is sin. Let us pray in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your love for us and for your mercies. You love each one of us, O Lord. And out of your love, you do not want any one of us to perish. And this is why you are reminding us today that Christ lives in us and we should make his light shine all over. And when the light of Christ shines, we will not live in darkness, we will not live in sin. And the eventual end of the life with Christ and shining light is to live with you forever and ever in heaven. I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will help us this week to walk in your light and to make your light shine in the darkness, in this world, in this generation. And it is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Let the light of the Lord shine in you. And uh, uh, you, are, uh, you are released to, 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 to leave the church. But I want to tell you, 
if you don't have a church family, please come and try here. And you can also join us next time as we continue with the other two sessions which are remaining. Uh, next week, we shall be looking at I am a shepherd. I mean, I'm a sheep of the good shepherd. God bless you. See you next Sunday. Uh, uh, uh. On the banks of the river, looking for chances to get up. Start a pool and bring healing to bones that's feeling brittle. I've been beat up in these streets, but I believe something's coming. There's no way I can move unless you choose to do something. This life, this life feels so heavy. Lost my sonny in heaven. I was chasing this leaven, hanging with dudes that is dead. But this life is not over. Moreover, I'm ready. Go up. I'm ready to change it all. Lord, just help me. I'm on the banks of the river. 